Well, hey everyone, and welcome to episode number 35 of Your Questions, God's Questions. And we do this uh, now two or three days per week. And uh, we started by taking a look at your questions, of which there were many. And now we're looking at the questions, some questions that God asks us in the Bible. And we are just starting the questions that Jesus asked. It's fascinating to, uh, if you take Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, the four Gospels as they're called, and you try and put them together and say, okay, what questions did Jesus ask? And uh, because Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, they, they overlap in many cases. The same event is shown from a different writer's perspective. And when you put these things all together and say, okay, well, what questions did Jesus ask? It's very, very fascinating. As I've said before, Jesus often does not answer questions directly. He answers a question with a question at times to get people to think. And uh, so we're just starting that uh, section. Let me remind you that you can always reach out to me uh, through our website. I will put it up on the screen here at citypointchurch.ca slash contact. If you have a Bible question, uh, a question about religion in general or God in general, please fire it to me. I would love to, uh, to answer it for you. And I remind you to share this feed uh, or use a watch party format, whichever you like, with friends, family. Uh, there's 35 of these now on our website, on Podbean and Apple Podcasts, uh, so you can scour through them and uh, and learn God's Word at the same time. I invite you to join us at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook Live. We're starting a new series this coming Sunday August the 30th, 2020, called Dear Churches, from the opening chapters of the book of Revelation in the Bible's New Testament. Fascinating things that Jesus has to say to seven churches. So uh, today's question comes from the Gospel of John. Let me pull it up here uh, from chapter 2. And uh, it's an interesting passage of Scripture only in John's Gospel, kind of a famous story, because there are expressions that are used from this story. The expression, water into wine, comes from this story in the Gospel of John. On the third day, a wedding took place. Now, the third day is that, by our reckoning, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, perhaps, On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. So this is a Galilean wedding in contrast to a Judean wedding. I was reading today some of the history of this, and Judean weddings and Galilean weddings had somewhat different customs. Uh, In a Judean wedding, you would have these friends uh, of of the bridegroom, I think, Uh, And you wouldn't have those in a wedding in Galilee. It was more simple. Uh, In any case, uh, Jesus' mother was there. That would be Mary. Notice no mention of Jesus' father. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. And look at this question. Woman, why do you involve me? 
My hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. I have stood in front of uh, such stone jars in an, uh, in an uh, exhibition in an art gallery um, that were from the first century. They are big. Uh, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And so they filled them to the brim. And then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. So they did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, so presumably he didn't know that this was something that Jesus uh, was involved in, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. And then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, so the good stuff comes out first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. Hmm, sounds like a wedding today. But you have saved the best until now. It was, according to the, the master of the banquet, high-quality wine. What Jesus did here in Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now, the question uh, that Jesus asked, woman, why do you involve me? There are so many things in this story. Uh, first of all, this, this phrase he uses seems a little bit rude and a little bit disrespectful. Uh, and uh, it isn't. The Greek term that's used there for woman back in that culture wasn't a disrespectful term. So lest we think Jesus was being rude to his mother, uh, he wasn't. But this shows us we're looking at an incident that took place 2,000 years ago in a different culture, in a different part of the world. So it's normal that we would see something a little bizarre like this. Uh, but he says, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. He, he is speaking to Mary in a way that implies that she may know a little bit about him and what he's able to do, but he's speaking of a time to come where he will reveal his power, where he will reveal his glory, and in his view, it's a little premature for her to be involving him now, but also it shows that she had a degree of understanding and a degree of faith as to who she was dealing with in her son. And so uh, he, the, the, the jars are filled with water exactly as, as he orders the people to do, and she tells him, you do whatever he tells you. So again, she has an understanding of who he is, at least somewhat. And they take the, the, the water out and it's turned into wine, good wine, high quality. Now, I will leave it to you to debate whether it had alcohol in it or didn't have alcohol in it. Uh, I've heard all kinds of crazy things about this. In my view, 
and again, coming from a Jewish background, it obviously had alcohol in it. Um, here, the, the reason why they would have the cheap stuff at the end is because people had too much to drink. How would you know they had too much to drink? They were getting drunk. It was obvious. And so why give them good quality wine and waste it when you could give them the cheaper stuff? And so uh, that's another side debate there. Uh, but this turning of water into wine, why is that such an important thing? Why does it say this was the first of his signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Why would they believe in him? What is so glorious about changing water into wine? I mean, it almost seems like a bit of a magic trick type miracle. What is so significant about it? Well, uh, to the Jewish mind, this would be very significant because if you go back to um, uh, the book of Joel and chapter 2, Joel, the minor prophet, writing about a time we're not sure of, Speaking of a dreadful day to come, a day of locusts to come that would devour, a day of judgment that would come, um, and also a day, a time that the Holy Spirit would come and that God would deliver the people. It's a powerful little minor prophet book. Um, And in Joel, starting in chapter 2, verse 12, calling the people to repentance. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows Who knows, he may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Notice that calling the people to repentance. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders and gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his chamber and the bride her chamber uh, bridegroom leave his room let the bride leave her chamber let the priests who minister before the lord weep between the portico and the altar let them say spare your people lord do not make your inheritance an object of scorn a byword among the nations why should they say among the peoples where is their god And then the Lord was jealous for his land and took pity on his people. Remember, he's speaking prophetically here uh, about a time to, to come as if it already has come. The Lord replied to them, I am sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil, enough to satisfy you. Never again will I make you an object of scorn for the nations new wine interesting so when these uh people in galilee these jews in galilee see that jesus turns water into new wine their wheels are turning and they're saying hold on here this is a claim that god makes in the first person 
through the prophet Joel about a time to come when God would bring deliverance. And so this is why it says that he showed his glory uh, in that moment. Why do you involve me? And uh, so who is Jesus? And what is he doing in your life as the Messiah, as God, as your king? He wants to be involved in your life. He wants to do powerful things in your life, starting by forgiving you of your sin and putting you on a right uh, relationship with him. So I hope that that's an encouragement and a blessing to you, and uh, I would invite you to keep watching, and um, we'll be with you again one or two times more this week. Again, follow us on the Podbean Apple Podcasts if you like. You can subscribe and get notifications in your inbox, and check us out online at citypointchurch.ca. Until we meet again, God bless you.